You are listening to a proper DBE podcast hosted by Georgia Abrams and brought to you by the Daughters of the British Empire. British Empire is a 501c3 nonprofit American Society of Women of British or Commonwealth birth or ancestry, sharing and promoting our heritage while supporting local charities and our senior living facilities across the US. Good afternoon and welcome to episode eight of a proper DBE podcast. One announcement today before we get started, and it's just a reminder that if your chapter has hosted a successful event and you want to share that news with the organization as a whole, send us an email at podcast at dbenational.org and we'll talk about it on an upcoming episode. Similarly, if you have a future event you'd like to promote on the show, tell us and we'll make sure to spread the word. Now for today's episode. So pour yourself a cup of tea and get comfortable. We're talking all about cream teas today, and our guests all hail from the West Counties to debate where cream teas originated and if the jam should go first or the cream. Uh, My name is Louise Churchill. I'm a member of the Mary Wollstonecraft chapter in Colorado. I'm currently the regent there. I'm from uh, Dorset in the south coast of England. And I joined the DBE a few years ago after attending one of their tea events. I'm Charlotte Smith. Uh, Louise is my mother. I'm also from Dorset and attend the uh, Mary Wollstonecraft chapter in Colorado Springs. And I went with her to the, I think it was one of the uh, strawberry teas that we got invited to and we went and then decided to uh, join. My name's Abby American. Not doesn't sound, I'm not very American. <laughs> and I'm not born and bred from Devon, but spent um, from years 2002 to 2017 in Devon. So that's where my kids were born. And that's where I've spent a good chunk of my life. And I heard about the DBE from Louise. We um, were chatting from a completely unrelated gardening group. And so um, that's how I joined. Uh, My name is Meg Stern. I'm a member of the Sandhurst chapter. I'm from Wiltshire. I've got my father's families from Dorset originally and my mum's families from Cornwall originally. And I joined the DBE 24 years ago. My children were two or three and they're 27 now. So I forget how I found it. (laughs) It's been a while. (laughs) The term West Country refers to the counties of Cornwall, Devon, Dorset, Somerset, and Wiltshire. But I wanted to know what it meant personally to our guests. For me personally, I've always favoured it because I always think of it in terms of Alfred the Great's Wessex. Apart from Cornwall, Cornwall was never quite involved in that. But um, for me, it was always the Wessex thing being into history and stuff for me it, it's the the real england it's old england to me it, it's scrumpy and it's cream teas and it's the it's just a lovely part of england rolling hills it's just so pretty and the satanic mills that's the one yeah <laughs> i mean I, I i grew up on a north-facing hill in in north wiltshire so i'm very on the very edge of it 
we used to go down to Dorset to see family and my parents retired to Dorset eventually. So I will say I'm coming into this as an outsider, pretty much. I was born in Leicester, but I grew up in Fleetwood. So I uh, identify as a northerner through and through. I don't remember spending too much time in anywhere in southern England. I mean, I've been to Wiltshire, I've been to Stonehenge and you know, I've seen the White Cliffs and all that, but mm. only a day here and a day there. So, Well, usually if you're a southerner, then everyone is a northerner above London. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Through novels, television, and popular culture, certain stereotypes of West Country folk have emerged over the years. I wanted to address those with our guests. We all sound like pirates, right? <laughs> I do remember because originally I, I, you know, I grew up in, in West London, but then we moved, like I said, we moved down to Devon and uh, I got a job in the local pub and something strange happened to my accent, apparently, <laughs> where I did start talking a bit more like a pirate and using certain phrases such as, oh, I remember back along. <laughs> and there'll be certain I don't know if Dorset I don't know if the I know that's very much a Devon and Cornwall thing I don't know if, if the other counties use that kind of terminology as well but I picked up all these phrases my husband used to work away and and so when he'd come back he'd uh, notice little twangs in my accent was, <laughs> I've gone back I've definitely gone back hard now to a home county's accent <laughs> and we're all farmers I mean that's what I was gonna say yeah I mean the the majority of especially Dorset is arable farming but oh, yeah. um, you know we're not all farmers mm. accent farming just country bumpkins yeah that kind of stereotype Wurzel gummage yeah oh. there you go like many others, I have a fascination with pirates, so I want to take a moment to elaborate on the pirate accent stereotype. My information is coming from a vintage news article, which I will link in the show notes. Pirates being portrayed with a West Country accent all came down to a performance by Robert Newton as Long John Silver in the 1950 adaptation of Treasure Island. Now, Newton himself was from Dorset, and he used an exaggerated version of his native accent to bring some extra flair to his acting. Unbeknownst to him, it just so happened that this wasn't far from accurate. During the late 17th and early 18th centuries, the golden age of piracy, as some might say, many pirates did in fact come from the West Country, where several major trading posts were located. Edward Teach, more commonly known as Blackbeard, and one of the most famous pirates to this day, was from Bristol. William Dampier, a well-known privateer and accomplished seaman, was from Somerset. Henry Avery, Sam Bellamy, Captain Christopher Condon, and John Nutt all came from Devon. It's also worth noting that Sir Francis Drake and Sir Walter Raleigh also came from Devon. What other notable figures or celebrities hail from the West Counties? There's obviously Thomas Hardy, you oh, know, yeah. Tess of the Herbervilles, Far From the Madding Crowd. He was born and raised and died in Dorset. And all of his novels, I believe, were based around what Essex. he called Wessex. And most, I'd like to say, of the film adaptations tend to be filmed in the southern counties as well. Mm -hmm. So Mary Berry, mm -hmm. everyone knows who mm -hmm. Mary Berry is. She's the um, the original, what's the word I'm looking for? Queen of Baking. There we go. She, yes, the Queen of Baking. It was the Great British oh. Baking Show that she mm -hmm. hosted. Or and, uh, but she so started long before that. I've got magazine cutouts of recipes from the 70s, 80s. Oh, really? The stuff from yeah. her, yeah. 
She's from Somerset. I bet she puts cream on her scones first. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> John Cleese is from Somerset too. Oh, from, really? Uh, so I think most people will be familiar with John Cleese. Faulty Towers. Mm-hmm. Another one, Martin Clunes, that's another actor. He oh, has a yeah. He has a farm in uh, Dorset. He's famous for being Doc Martin, the uh, TV series Doc Martin, which is filmed in a famous bay down in Cornwall. Sir Francis Drake was from uh, Devon. Mm-hmm. He's famous for n- circumnavigating the world. Ian Fleming, Wiltshire. Yeah, author. He did James Bond. Mm-hmm. Wrote mm-hmm. those novels. Agatha Christie from Devon. Yep. There's another one. I don't know. Was Daphne du Maurier from the yeah, South so- too? So I'm not sure if she was from the South, but funny enough, I was actually just looking this up because um, uh, the Jamaican Inn, which I didn't live that far away from, actually. It was oh, really? Uh, 10 miles down the road, yeah. Um, I remember reading that when I was a ki- when I was in high school. Yeah, and it's um, a lot of people stay there now because it's um, supposed to be one of the most haunted places as well. Huh. Uh, oh. Inn. And you can see it. It's quite eerie just to look at from, uh, you know, the road as well. So you can see it up on the hillside and, yeah, it's quite a tourist attraction too now. Huh. Well, it's because it's quite a desolate stretch of road, if I remember, from yeah. driving past. Yeah. I can imagine it's a perfect spot for highwaymen, historically. <laughs> yeah. And the smugglers. Wasn't it a lot yes. a lot to do with the smuggling as well? And then um, Florence Nightingale. She was, oh. from she was from Wiltshire. And who else was there? Dawn French, famous oh. for being the Vicar of Dibley. Mm-hmm. She, uh, she's from Cornwall. Absolutely fabulous. Ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mary Anning, which of course has been oh. in um, news recently. Um, she was a fossil collector in Dorset. She found some big, important finds with the dinosaur stuff and her, her fossils made it to the museum and thing. And um, they recently made a film. Who was it, Charlotte? That, um, uh, Kate Winslet. Uh, Kate, Kate Winslet, Winslet. Yeah. Kate Winslet, yeah. I saw so, a preview for that. She's another famous resident. Apparently, the uh, you know the nursery rhyme that, you know, she sells seashells on the seashore. Yeah. That's about Mary Anning. Yeah. Oh, really? Which is, oh. We talked about yeah. that the other day, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah. So what is the feud between Devonshire and Cornwall all about? Both cream teas today involve tea, scones, jam, and clotted cream, but the debate is over who did it first and who does it right. Jam first or cream? Cornish cream teas, while traditionally served with a Cornish split rather than a scone, will have jam first, then cream on top. The earliest use of the term cream tea in this context is found in a newspaper, The Cornishman, from September 3, 1931. The Devonshire way, of course, is to put clotted cream first, then jam. Devonians believed putting cream on first made it easier to really load it up on top of the scone and then adding a dollop of jam on top. Devon's Tavistock Abbey also claims the earliest consumption of a bread was jam as far back as the 11th century. Finally, in 2015, a scientific study was conducted as part of the Festival of Food and Wine Race Weekend at Ascot Racecourse, with 57% of the panel preferring the Devonshire method. Well, they were invented at Tavistock Abbey in Devon, so I I rather rest my case on this one because they were invented in Devon, and Devon (laughs) puts the cream on first, so there. (laughs) So apparently, yeah, I read, I, I, I had uh, read the same thing as well. They originated in Devon, but um, and, and the monks from the Abbey 
tended to eat. And back then it was more like, like a bread rather than scones. It was bread, but, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah it was split buns. Is that? Yeah. But it was definitely cream and then jam for them. The reason, the primary reason being is that jam was more expensive than cream. So they would, it meant that they would put more cream and use whatever space they had left, you know, to put a little bit of jam on because that was the most expensive ingredient, which makes sense as to why the queen does it the other way around because she has lots of money. <laughs> so <laughs> need to worry about her jam shortage. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And as I stated, as I stated before we began filming, my mum was half Cornish and I put cream on first because my mum put the cream on first and she was partly from Cornwall. So, um, so she's you know. doing it wrong according to her. No, she was roots. doing, she was doing it correctly. You see the, you know, the, the right way is cream first. Yeah. She would have been ostracized by Cornish people. Yeah, though, probably. probably. Yeah. <laughs> they feel very, very strongly about that. Yeah. yeah. Yes, they do. But then I used to, when I was, you know, I, I, I worked with some people in Devon and I knew some people born and bred in Devon. And, and I was really shocked that they would have jam and then cream. I was just because like, really, they're smart. You, you're born and bred. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, it was just recently in the news that the Queen settled the debate. So, I mean, it's kind of pointless us really discussing it this. It, it is. is jam first and then jam. the Queen. Well, now, since when is the Queen the authority on everything culinary? Because she's the Queen. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 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 maybe, maybe she's I, not the I authority. Queen. She maybe might be the Queen. Not- but she's not the queen of baking, and I'll do it how the queen of baking does it. Well, and Mary Berry apparently baking, does cream first. Oh, no, I doubt that. We'd oh, have to that up. Well, here's the thing for you. Every summer as a child, and even when uh, as an adult with my young children, we would go to Swanage in Dorset, and we'd visit Corfe Castle, and we would go to the beach, and we would always have a cream tea uh, sometime in the afternoon. Being in Dorset, we were always served our scones with butter and cream. And Mm. yet, so we had the butter first, then the jam, and then the cream. While preparing for this um, podcast, I understand that that's a northern thing. I don't know if that's true or not. But here we are in in Dorset, living the life of luxury with cream (laughs) and butter. So that just puts a spanner in the works. I still think it's jam first and then cream. It would be like making a trifle and having the cream at the bottom and putting the jelly and stuff on fruit. Yeah, that just doesn't make any sense. I just looked it up. Mary Berry, on one side of her scone, she does jam then cream, and on the other side of her scone, she does cream then jam. She's sitting. Oh, that's on the fence. funny. She is sitting on the fence. <laughs> yeah. She's not taking sides. She doesn't. She doesn't want to offend anyone. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's book sales, you know, right there. Yeah. <laughs> she can't exclude an audience. Once again, when discussing cream teas, we find it important to note that cream teas and afternoon teas are not the same thing. The difference between what the average American would consider an afternoon tea and a cream tea is the amount of courses, if you like, the amount that's on offer for you to eat. 
a cream tea is literally just the scone or scone with the uh, jam and cream and hot tea. Whereas the afternoon tea that you would go out somewhere nice and, and you would have your tiered cake stand and, and all that sort of thing, you'd have sandwiches and scones and, Mm -hmm. and petty fours and, and uh, lots of little fingers and that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Meg, maybe uh, I'll direct this at you. What is clotted cream? Clotted cream is literally cream. I mean, traditionally, it's made by leaving it at a warm temperature for a long time. It's it's literally clotted. The, the, the cream clots, literally, and it forms a crust. And there's a little bit of whey left underneath it, but it mostly solidifies. And it forms a lovely golden crust. And, yeah, it's delicious. It's very buttery. Kind of like the cream of the cream, if you like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it ever okay to use whipped cream or butter as a substitute for clotted cream on your scones? (laughs) I use butter when I don't have anything else. When I just made scones, we'll have butter and jam. And actually, and some people may shoot me dead for saying this, but mascarpone cheese is a cracking good substitution for clotted cream if you can't find because clotted cream is devilishly hard to find over here Mm -hmm. and it's expensive. And mascarpone cheese actually is a really good substitute. Let's look at it a different way. If it means you have to use whipped cream rather than not having a scone at all, I'd rather have the whipped cream with mm-hmm. the scone. Fair point. If, if that's, you know, if if that's the best that we can do on a given day, then fair mm-hmm. enough. But yeah. ideally, I mean, if you really wanted to ex- have the real experience, you obviously you would go and get mm-hmm. the clotted cream. But um, obviously not love- any whipped cream, though. It has to be proper, like heavy whipping cream. You can't just go get something. Some ready oh, whip. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. not, not like... that. <laughs> yeah, not that, that stuff, aerosol stuff. That's bad. Oh, God, no. Like oh, God, no. Or something that they have. Oh, no, no, no. You know, heavy whipping cream that you beat up in your mixer. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, you can't find that's... double cream over here like you can in England. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is. I recently went to um, a like a whole food store sprouts here in Colorado and they do a heavy whipping cream and it was fabulous. Really? The best I've found so far. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll have to go so. check that. They do sometimes. They do sell. Um, I have bought the, I know it's not the same, but I have bought jars of clotted cream in there as well. Uh, oh, really? But, yeah. Yeah. You don't see it very often, but I have mm. bought the clotted cream. It comes in jars and it's um, there's a the one comes with a green lid and one comes they're both the same make um, and the other ones with a blue blue lid and I've actually I've still got some in my fridge I keep it there just in case for cream tea emergencies because well, we you never know, know. Where we're coming then yes exactly. <laughs> you never know when you're going to need it <laughs> another another thing I I think there's some debate over is whether your scone should be round or triangular and if they should have currants or not round round with currants no round Round 100% the sultanas triangles who's who is that raise your hand mary berry makes (laughs) triangular scones i think i don't don't agree i'm not sure about that Uh, there wouldn't be traditional scones i don't think or scones or scones they wouldn't a traditional scone is round yes 
Yeah. I do have a question, and I don't know if this is going down a rabbit trail, Georgia, or not, but <laughs> my farmer's market stand, people have asked me a couple of times when I've got plain scones, because Americans don't always like raisins, what is the difference between a plain scone and an American biscuit? And I try to sort of explain it to them. But what would your definition be, or any of you? I think a scone is more dense. And sweet. It's oh, a little bit sweeter. Yeah. You know, you don't put sugar in a biscuit, even if you're making fairly plain well, scones. I don't, put sugar. A... I don't put sugar in my scones, though. I put oh, really? maybe a, no. a tablespoon or two. If I'm making um, plain, I'll mm-hmm. put a tablespoon or two. If I'm making savory ones, I don't put sugar in them. But... Yeah. And I think, yeah, they are more dense than a biscuit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're more cakey. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and ideally sultanas. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Ideally, which would be what here? Golden raisins. Golden Golden raisins. raisins, Yeah. Yeah. My grandma always used currants. That's what I grew up with. But again. Interesting. We're from Lancashire, so. You're from out north. You don't know any different. Those northerners. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't originate it. We just do our own thing, you know. strictly strawberry jam or do we get a little adventurous with our jam flavors maybe venture into some curds lemon I curd think is, is okay I raspberry read... is acceptable raspberry is acceptable but i i stick with i stick with strawberry yeah. 100%, i prefer yeah. i prefer raspberry or blackcurrant jam Ooh. but i did read that if you are going to be traditional it should be strawberry correct yes my next question, if you were in the UK, do you have a favorite place to stop in for cream teas? Or, you know, is there a place that is traditional for you to go into? Or anywhere oh, there's that not really. No. There's too many places. I love in Devon. There's too many places that and I can't. I don't think I've ever had a bad cream tea. There are some that are better than others, but I don't think I've ever had a bad one. But any kind of village pub is, would be amazing. If you're if anyone's, you know, heading back to Devon or anything like you know, you can have the uh, Bobby Castle is a great place. Any of those kind of historic places mm, that have the, mm, have the, mm-hmm. or, you know, the homemade jams yeah. as well. There's just too many places to name. Darts Farm's a fantastic place as well in Devon, where mm-hmm. they, you know, it's all local produce. It's a farm shop and it's amazing. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you on that. There's, I've, I've yet to have a bad cream tea in Devon. Mm. Or Cornwall, give it its due, you know. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Even if they're backwards. <laughs> Even if they're backwards. As long as uh, I can put my jam on, that's fine. Yeah, you can do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> to bring this back to the DBE, of course, I asked our guests how they incorporate cream teas into their DBE experience. Well, it's part of our, when we are able to have our, our Victorian tea in October, that's very much an, an integral part of it. We have scones, we have a cream tea as part of the tea. And so, uh, Mary Wollstonecraft chapter hold a just had cream, one. Yeah, just we've just had one. We hold a cream tea for the members, like a little social. So Looked like a that. lot of fun. Yeah, we have that. We've we've only we've only been around for two years. We're a brand new chapter, so but every summer we've that we've done that, which is uh, which is nice, and it's uh, yeah. it's easier than doing a full tea. That's for sure. Yes, it is. <laughs> One last thing I find important to note, Debrett's. 
Britain's ultimate authority on etiquette and behavior since 1769, says that the scone should be broken open with the fingers, never sawn with a knife. Then the jam should be spread, followed by the cream. Their reasoning is taste. The silky notes of clotted cream coat your palate and act as a buffer against the sweet jam and dry scone. Needless to say, both the Bretts and the Queen are wrong. As long as we're all agreed that cream goes on first, you know. Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> all I, I. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sticking with the Queen. She may not be yeah. a culinary expert, but <laughs> etiquette, you cannot fault Oh, her. but Debrett's. No. Debrett says cream first. If you're talking etiquette, it's Debrett's. You have to go with what? <laughs> Um, yeah, the, the Queen is wrong. <laughs> well, in the podcast saying the Queen is wrong. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. How do you have your cream teas? We'd love to hear. You can find us on Facebook at the Daughters of the British Empire in the USA, on Instagram at DBE National 1909 on Pinterest at Daughters of the British Empire in the USA, or at our website, dbenational.org. And don't forget, we'd love to hear your comments, thoughts, and topic suggestions, so you can email us at podcast at dbnational.org. I'd like to thank Louise, Charlotte, Abby, and Meg for joining me, and all of you for tuning in. Until next time. Not ourselves, but the cause.